The Torch, Chapter 13 Veronica's dad reeled in another good-sized trout from the pale blue waters. He called for the girls, but they did not answer. Hey, Captain, he said. Have you seen them? The captain looked around, checked his watch, then stared into the not-quite-dark. They could be anywhere. Veronica! Maddie! Veronica! Maddie! The two fathers called in every direction. Veronica! Maddie! But Veronica and Maddie could not hear their father's cries. The girls walked deeper into the forest. Somewhere in the distance, a wild animal howled. Hey, Maddie, Veronica said, her hands full of firewood. Which way is camp? Um, right over there? She pointed uncertainly. Every direction looked exactly the same. She listened for the rush of the waterfall, but heard only more howls, now closer than before. It has to be somewhere, she said. We didn't go that far, did we? She peered through the trunks for any movement, any light, any sign of the campsite at all. There, she shouted. The light, that's it. They hurried toward the light, which brightened as they neared. Dad, we're coming, they yelled. We're coming, we're over here. The girls pressed through a thicket of wild plum trees and found the light. Fire, yelled Maddie. Run! But Veronica did not run. She blinked her eyes and moved closer. It's not fire, Maddie. It's fireflies. The burning brush just in front of them glowed pale yellow, twinkling like the night sky. Mounds of fireflies piled on every leaf. A fine dust sparkled the ground, fireflies coating every speck. Maddie moved closer. She stooped down to run her fingers through it. It's pollen, she said. The fireflies are attracted to the pollen. Veronica noticed how the bush flickered in spots and in others shone solidly. She inspected further. When one blinks off, dozens more are blinking on behind it, she said. That's it, Maddie said. Hold this. She handed all of her firewood to Veronica except for one large log. Maddie rolled the top of it in the pollen, then held it to the brush. Beams of fireflies radiated toward it like a force field. The top of the log dimly flickered, brightened, and then glowed constant. Her fiery torch illuminated the dark wood. Back at the camp, the fathers, now desperate, continued shouting for their daughters. Veronica's dad climbed up the hammock tree, flashlight in hand. From a high branch, he pointed his beam in all directions. Do you see them? asked the captain. Veronica's dad didn't answer. Well, do you see them or not? the captain repeated. I see something, a light far away, Veronica's dad said. But it can't be them. They didn't take their flashlights. It's probably just the old man and the boy making camp somewhere. Even in the dense forest, the girls noticed the high white light in the distance. They wanted to run, but couldn't. The ground was too treacherous, and Veronica's arms too full of wood. They picked their way slowly through the forest toward the light. Veronica's father peered out from the treetop. It's getting brighter, he said. Somebody's out there. Maddie, Veronica, is that you? The high-pitched squeal of two young girls, no longer lost in the woods, echoed through the forest. Veronica's dad grinned from ear to ear. The captain frowned, slumping against a tree. 
though he was relieved the enormity of the trip's danger dawned on him. Now was the time, he reasoned, to put an end to this once and for all, before anyone got hurt or, worse, killed. If he couldn't protect them at a campsite, what hope did he have of keeping them safe on Mount Mystery tomorrow? He steeled himself for the words he had to say, that the trip was over, that they must go home first thing in the morning, that Mount Mystery would always be there, but that it would just have to wait until they were older. And then he saw their faces, flickering in the pale yellow light. Maddie held her strange torch high with two hands while Veronica struggled with a pile of logs. He ran toward them. Girls, where were you? And what's this? It's a firefly torch, Dad, Maddie said. I made it myself. Open-mouthed, the captain examined the torch. He had seen many things, but never this. His own daughter had made light out of the night when she needed it most. What else could she do, he wondered. He pulled her close and hugged her tight and decided not to disappoint her. Veronica's dad slid down the tree, yelling in a sing-song voice, It's s'more time! It's s'more time! It's s'more time! Veronica dumped her wood into the fire pit with a heavy thud. The captain rubbed two sticks together to start the fire, but Veronica's dad beat him to it. He struck a match and sparked the kindling. The fire flickered, then roared to life. He cooked his freshly caught trout over the flame, seasoning it with wild basil. Warmed by fire, the four hungry hikers gobbled up every bite. I can't believe just this morning we were home, Veronica said. Now look at us, sitting around a fire next to a waterfall in the middle of the cloud forest. We explored a grave, survived the cave, found a bunny, and escaped Magma Pass. We saw the world's biggest trees, its most poisonous frogs, and its loudest monkeys. Enough about the monkeys, Maddie said. If I ever see another monkey, I swear I'll... There, there, Veronica's dad said. Now, what do you say we eat the world's most delicious s'mores? He handed out marshmallows, sticks, graham crackers, and bars of chocolate. The four adventurers leaned into the crackling fire. The flames licked their marshmallows. Who knows a ghost story? Maddie mumbled, her mouth full of marshmallows. No ghost stories, said the captain. No nightmares, not tonight. You need your rest. But I'm not sleepy, Maddie said, and I need a story to fall asleep. Oh, you need one, do you? the captain said. Well, I know something better than a ghost story. It's true, and it's old, and it's the story of these woods. You see, the trails we walked today, they didn't cut themselves. An ancient people did. The people of wood. <laughs>